You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On this episode, we are highlighting Purdue Global. And joining me to do that on the podcast today is Dr. Jeffrey Buck. Dr. Buck, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm great, Adam. Nice to be here. Thanks nice for having great, me. Great to have you on the podcast and uh, help myself and our listeners get to learn a little more or a lot more about uh, Purdue Global. So I'm excited yeah. to have you on. Uh, just to start for uh, myself and our listeners, kind of introduce yourself. Well, thank you. Yes, um, my name is Jeff Buck and, and I serve as the Dean in the School of Business and IT at, at Purdue Global. Um, I started in this role back in May of 2018 um, and have worked really since the inception of, of Purdue Global. Um, I have background in, in higher education of about 25 years. Um, I've worked in a lot, a variety of positions uh, from the track of a tenured faculty person to various administrative roles. Um, two institutions I, I had long uh, service with prior to, to Purdue Global, Anderson University here in Indiana. Many of you would be familiar with that school and also at the University of Mississippi. Spent, spent a number of years down there as well. Um, really spent a lot of time during my career developing programs, working a lot with adults. Um, also spent a good bit of my career focused in, in the work of accreditations. And uh, within the business area, there's a, an organization called the Accreditation, or Accreditation Council for Business Schools and Programs and uh, served in, in the role of regional chair or president for that. Uh, for a few years and been highly involved with, with that organization as well. Awesome. So it seemed, seemed like a natural fit then for uh, Purdue Global. Uh, again, uh, for our listeners here, uh, kind of just give us a quick overview of what Purdue Global is, when it started, uh, who it serves, et cetera. Yeah, um, we, we have a very distinct mission and purpose with Purdue Global. And, and I think that it fits well with the overall mission of, of the university system. But we're committed and dedicated to focusing on delivering accessibility to uh, individuals that, that are adults and primarily working adults that um, otherwise would not have the ability to uh, increase their education or earn a degree. And so we deliver things in an online format, really focused on uh, creating career paths and, and moving people along their career focus. So. It's a good fit within the Purdue University system. Again, um, accessibility and affordability are, are two of the things that are primary drivers behind what we do. Gotcha. And this started when back in, what, 2017 after kind of Kaplan and some of those uni uh, colleges kind of folded? Yeah, uh, 2018 is, is actually when we, uh, the early part of 2018 when, when Purdue Global kicked off and um, we, we serve a large number of students. It surprises a number of individuals as I talk with them about the uh, extent or the, the number of students we have. We have right now about 31,000, 32,000 active students in, in our programs at Purdue Global. Within business and IT alone, there are over 13,000 students. And they're pursuing degrees um, at the doctoral level all the way down to the associate level. And also, in many cases, they're they're looking at uh, certificates or specialized credentials uh, for those individuals. Um, I can share with you a little bit about the profile 
and some of the demographics of, of who our students are, and that kind of gives you some, some insight into who we serve. There are about 60% uh, of our students are female, and about 60% of them are over the age of 30. So again, it's, it's individuals that, that are adults and many of them working, a large percentage have children and um, you know, have those multiple responsibilities that, that go along with that. We have um, a large military constituent, about 31% of, of our students are affiliated with the military in, in some way. And about half of our students, 50%, are individuals whose parents, neither parent, father or mother, had attended college before. So they're first generation college students. So this is huge. This is obviously providing a, a service to a lot of people who, you know, either maybe past the college age, but even then just don't have the time because of other responsibilities, parenting, like you mentioned, or jobs or military, just to, to be able to get a college degree uh, from, the, you know, the comfort of their home or, or overseas or wherever they may be, right? Yeah, and, and you think about how our economy and world has changed and um, individuals that maybe had earned a degree several years ago, they need to, to continue upscaling or rescaling for different career paths or different opportunities. And, and if you're an individual that's settled into a community that's a distance from a campus and you have community obligations, you have children, you have work responsibilities. It's just not practical for you to uproot and, and move and uh, take, take courses at a traditional campus. So, so we're able to cater. And again, I, I use the term accessibility because that's you know, one that it's always at the forefront of my mind. It just creates this accessibility for those individuals. And we work really hard to make sure that, that our programs are the best quality. We like to think that our experience in, in the online environment makes us a real leader. And you think about how the um, COVID epidemic has, has affected everyone over the past year. You saw so many schools that were forced to go into this online environment and deliver courses in that structure. Well, we've been doing it for a number of years. Um, and so we, we like to think of ourselves as being well-prepared to serve uh, the needs of today's uh, environment. And um, we've had many other schools that come to us, have come to us asking for our input and advice and consultation on, on how to deliver the programs. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned the accessibility along with that comes flexibility, right? I mean, this, this the oh. advantage of doing this online and letting adults, parents, military, whoever be able to do this at, on their, on their own time. Right their own time in their own location. You're right. Um, we, we have students and obviously we're able to, to stay on top of when students access courses, when they're working on the material. And you know, there are groups of people who are morning people and <laughs> late night people. And this gives them the opportunity to, to access their content and work through their courses in that way. Now we do, um, <clears throat> we do in, in the majority of our classes deliver what we call seminars, weekly class sessions, and they're at a specific time. And we see great value in the, the ability for individuals to interact and share with each other. And so those seminars are at a scheduled time every week in the course. And we encourage students to, to participate in those. And the majority of our students do find time to, to make that a priority for themselves. Um, but if they're not able to make that, 
all of those sessions, the seminar sessions are recorded and available for a student to, to watch if they miss the session. Or one great benefit that, that I wish I would have had when I was a student is the fact that if I didn't quite catch something in the lecture or seminar that first time around, here with them being recorded, we can, they can always go back and watch it as many times as they, they want. So a lot of benefits in that way. Yeah, no kidding. And talk about just kind of the growth that it's had and just always finding new ways to further this program. Uh, one of those new ones that's been recently announced is the partnership with Gallup and that initiative, uh, the Straight to Business Initiative. Uh, talk about that and what, what that is and how that's just going to yeah. further. Yeah, they, cool. thanks for bringing that up because that that is one of, uh, an example of a program or initiative that um, we're really excited about and, and fits right in, in with the mission of accessibility, affordability, and, and so forth. We started um, discussions with this probably about a year and a half ago with individuals from Gallup. And, and we found out early on that there were, there were a lot of um, topics or elements that we shared as core values between the organizations as it, as it relates to higher education. And um, both organizations saw a great deal of value that, that comes from complementing your education with experience and, and leveraging that. We also found that um, it was a, an important value to both organizations, again, to make something available to people that otherwise they might not be able to, to access in a traditional format. And then the third thing that was a real key point of, of our uh, partnership is the mindset that we really, really wanna work hard to find ways for individuals to complete their education without heavy debt, the heavy burden of debt. And so with those three elements, we, we started discussions on, you know, what, what can you bring to the table? And what do we have to bring to the table? Are there ways that we can work through this together? And I think we've come up with, with a really unique, uh, very beneficial model. And this model is one where <clears throat> Gallup will partner with other organizations. Um, as an example, right now, um, they're, they're working heavily and engaging us with discussions um, in a large healthcare provider, a, a national healthcare provider. And this healthcare provider is going to um, hire a number of individuals with the expectation that they're gonna come in and they'll finish a strengths-oriented leadership credential that is based on the strengths concept and material. And Gallup is providing all that information for us and working with our faculty to develop specific courses around that. And along with that, those are also gonna be courses and content that can give them um, pathways into degrees. And so the organizations will, will hire these individuals, bring them in, pay for their education, support those individuals with coaches on site, giving them time to take the classes and, and work through both the strengths-oriented leadership credential as well as, as the degree with us. And so we're excited about about how this will play out. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a win-win-win for everybody involved here. Oh, absolutely, I think so. And, and you know, even as we developed this with Gallup, um, we, we did this with the mindset that we're gonna create this for specific individuals and organizations, but we found that, that we really believe this 
credential or the certificate in strengths-oriented leadership can have value to, to all of our PG students. And so we're gonna offer this program, not only to those in the, the strength-based leadership program, but also to all of the PG students, this will be an option for them as well. Wow, how do, how do partnerships like this come about? <laughs> oh, every partnership almost seems like it comes in, in a different way, but um, it, it really is about just networking and being involved in the community. Um, this specific case with, with Gallup, um, Gallup has a longstanding tradition with the Purdue University system and a number of relationships there. And so introductions are made and, and you just start talking again, going back to, to what are your values? What are your visions? And then, you know, being open to, to collaborate and work together is, is an important way. Other partnerships come from alumni connections. Those are often ways that introductions are made. Um, networking in um, industry, um, organizations, and, and so forth. Just a number of ways that um, they can begin, but it all um, hinges on a willingness for people to, to want to collaborate and work together and find solutions. And oftentimes it's not solutions that exist already. You've got to be innovative and open-minded to, to look into new paths. Gotcha. And talk about um, you know President Daniel's vision behind this. I know obviously this started under uh, his leadership there at Purdue and just his support behind it and again just his leadership and and coming up you know making a successful program like this for adults yeah he, he i've got to say he's he's been extremely supportive of, of these type of things and um <clears throat> his vision for making um programs accessible has really driven the success that we've seen with pretty global um <clears throat> could not uh, imagine a scenario or situation where, where there's leadership that's more supportive um, on the things that we do. And, and he's got big visions. He is, he's a big vision man. And um, there, there's going to be a lot of continued growth, I believe, and new new opportunities and, and innovations that happen mm -hmm. with Purdue Global. Awesome. Just kind of, kind of speaking more back to uh, Purdue Global in general, I, I know maybe sometimes there are could be a disconnect between adults who aren't on campus and students are on campus and feeling part of that Purdue University family. But I can tell like Purdue Global is doing their everything to make you feel part of that, that family of, of Purdue University. And that also continue with, you know, some recent hirings of, of Frank Dooley and, and John Harbor, longtime Purdue and West Lafayette fixtures. Talk about the importance of bringing them in and just, yeah, making sure there's a connect where people feel like they're a part of that Purdue family. Oh yeah, that, that's a, a great, Great question or a great topic for us to, to think about. Um, you know, the, I'm going to step back and just talk about how things have evolved a little bit as far as um, the role that Purdue Global plays within the Purdue system and how we're finding our specific niche and, and, and ability to leverage the entire system and also be contributors to it as well. Um, you know, it's just been almost three years, not quite three years since Purdue Global's become part of the family. And any organization that goes through a merger or acquisition or new startup, there, there is an element of time that's needed to fully embrace everyone that's now a part of the family. 
and it just it takes some time to to get to know all the family members and and understand where their strengths and capabilities are and so forth and from the very beginning there's been um, great opportunities for us to collaborate and work together and share and i think over the past three years we really have gotten to know each other everyone involved in, in the system much better and understanding and respect, um, trust among everyone has just grown as a, a matter of time. Um, and I think that's gone extremely well. Um, what has been done here, there, there was no model or roadmap to follow. We were truly out on the cutting edge. And so there's been great movement that times helped, but also a number of good people that have been involved in it. Um, you mentioned um, Dr. Dooley and, and Dr. Harbor and their involvement and their long history with, with Purdue West Lafayette. <clears throat> there, there's no doubt that they've uh, brought high level of credibility to Purdue Global. They have relationships and high level of respect within the Purdue system. And so that, that's been a positive contributor. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, <clears throat> Purdue Global is extremely fortunate to have those two individuals, period. Mm -hmm. Those, those are two of the brightest minds and best administrators in the country. And, and any school would be thrilled and privileged to have them in leadership positions. So their experience with the West Lafayette system, the time and just who they are in general, it's, it's like the perfect scenario where everything has come together at once. Cool, that's great. And talk about how does, how do you, or how does Purdue Global or President Daniels define success for this program and for, you know, both you guys as an administration and for the students? Yeah, well, um, for Purdue, Purdue Global in, in general, I think we have some, some very specific things that uh, we focus on as, as metrics of success or measures that, that we wanna keep our eye on. And one of the things is results. We are a career oriented, or career-driven uh, institution. And so we monitor closely what happens with our graduates or our completers of programs. Um, are they getting the results in their career path that they were hoping for? What type of impact has this had on them? Not only financially, but lifestyle and personal goals. And so we measure those and, and we have periodic reports that we monitor and. Um, I got to tell you, we've got a very, very strong career services area that works um, very proactively with these individuals. And so that's one, one measure of success. We also, um, time to completion, cost to completion. Those are metrics and measures that we're monitoring commonly and we're always looking for ways to, to make enhancements and improvements in those areas. We also look to um, innovation. That's a, a key measure for us. That's not always easy to put into a quantitative model, but we're, we're looking at new programs, new markets, new opportunities, new ways to serve the students that, that we serve. So we've got a lot of initiatives in the curriculum front to, to not only do what we do well now, but enhance and improve there. Looking at new markets, um, these partnerships are important for us, but we're also looking to expand possibly outside the United States. Just this week, I have three meetings that involve 
two um, organizations that are in Asia and one in Latin America. And so we're looking possibly to expand outside the United States um, and then new program offerings as well. We have uh, a couple new programs in business and IT that, that we're focused on. And um, if we have time, I'll share a little bit about what those two new programs are. Sure, go ahead. Um, we're really excited about both of them. One's a, a master's program in data analytics. And we, um, we started a bachelor's program in the area of analytics about a year and a half ago. And we already have over 150 individuals that are in that program. And um, we, we have earned um, a lot of respect in that field. We've worked with an organization out in the Washington DC area to help us make sure that our content is relevant and useful in the marketplace with our graduates. And so we're gonna roll out a new master's program in data analytics, hopefully um, this summer, um, early summer, maybe late spring. And then the, this is the one that um, I think is just so timely for us. We have a bachelor's program that's new and it's a BS in organizational management. And this program, some of the unique features of it include a high number of open electives. And so an individual that can come out of a community college or with maybe a couple of years of education at a community college, now really have the opportunity to do a true two plus two towards a bachelor's degree. And also with the number of open electives, lets a person focus on the specific industry or um, area that they're interested in managing. So they get the management skills along with ability to take courses in their area of interest. And so um, right now I say it's very timely because we all know there's been a number of individuals in our economy that have been affected by COVID. And, and a lot of individuals have been displaced or had reductions in their employment. Well, this can give them a chance to upskill, earn a degree and, and maybe start in a new career path. So we're excited about that. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. What's the average, say John Smith starts his online degree this year in 2021, what's the average uh, time span that it takes for a person to complete a degree? And I know that can obviously change based on- uh, it, it can, but that's a really good question because um, we think about uh, a lot of our individuals will come into programs with prior education or prior credentials that, that can translate in, into credit. Um, our students though, they go year round. The majority of our students go um, 11 or 12 months of a year. And so that kind of helps to speed up the pace and time to completion, as I mentioned earlier, is, is an important measure for us. But our typical average probably for um, an individual to get a bachelor's degree is about two and a half years. And that becomes a combination of them going year round plus what they've been able to, to bring in from prior education. And do those side with you know, Purdue campus semesters or is it based on sign-up date? Oh, another good question. Sign-up date, we have a rolling calendar right now with, with multiple opportunities for individuals to start throughout the year. One of the things that um, we found with the adult market is when they're ready to start, they're ready <laughs> to start, right? They've probably done a lot of their research, but they're not necessarily in the mindset of, you start school in the fall and you have the summer off. So right now we have as many as 14 different start 
opportunities in a year for individuals. So just about every month, a person could start. Okay. And once they start, we have uh, curriculum plans for them where they, they just work straight through at that point. Awesome. And if someone's listening to this podcast right now, Jeff, and it's like, wow, this sounds like something I want to find out information or I want to get signed up and start that degree to have that Purdue name on my, my degree, uh, where can they go to find out that information? You know what, as, as a follow-up to this, um, we'll share we'll share my email okay. with them and I'll make sure that things get moved into the right direction and they get connected with the right individuals. Awesome. And so awesome. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to you and you can post it, but it's jeffrey.buck at purdueglobal.edu. Awesome, cool. I'll provide that link as well on the web article that I post and as well as uh, any links to just Purdue Global's page. You can, there's just a, a plethora of information on that as I was looking at yeah. that last night. So awesome. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, anything I've left out that you feel is important enough to mention? No, Adam, I just, I really appreciate the opportunity to spend the time with you today and share this information and um, really do want you to know how much I appreciate having this time. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, Jeff, thank you so much for joining the Full Steam Ahead podcast. I, I've learned a lot and it's, uh, I hope somebody out there is listening that's encouraged to maybe, hey, take that next step they were kind of thinking about doing. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Awesome. Hey, all right. uh, you have a great uh, rest of the week, all right? Okay. You too, Adam. Boiler up. Goodbye. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod, and you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe, to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.